Hello, welcome back to the human side of learning and talent technology. We're back for another week, number seven. We've made it to episode seven. seven. Hope you're still here with us. Uh, my name is Bennett Jensen. With me, as always, Tiffany Faulkner, Chris Bond, our resident CEO and learning and talent leader and expert and extraordinaire, Tiffany. Well, that's an introduction. I'll wow. take it. You gotta live up, now you got to live up to that. I already mm-hmm. do. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those adjectives oh, yeah. are, are, are already well-defined. They're not something she has to strive for anymore, I don't think. But um, we're back for another week uh, where, where each week we're really diving into learning and talent technology topics and, and trends and industry um, and unique things going on and, and everything in between. So uh, last week we really focused around skills. We started the skills conversation. We dove into people and how skills and skills gaps are impacting businesses positively and negatively and, and how to kind of fill those gaps and, and really begin focusing on the benefits and uh, the focus verse of competencies versus skills and where where and how the changing world is is impacting skills and, and people are finding that they either have or need to develop new skills everywhere. Uh, so we're going to continue that today and really focus more on technology. So once we kind of can understand what where and, and why those skills are there or where they need to be developed, what technologies can we use to develop them? Where can we go? Where, where is technology evolving to help support that? Uh, and, and how is it leveraged? But first, before we get into the fun stuff, we'll start with a random question of the day. And I've just generated this in my mind. You're a little worried about this? It's completely random. Tiffany, do aliens exist? (laughs) What? (laughs) That's what you're coming at me with? Mm -hmm. Uh, I haven't seen any. Okay. (laughs) Have you seen any? Maybe, but it's not my turn yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> All right, that didn't go over as well as I thought it would. <laughs> That's pretty good, I but feel I, like it I will was a tell trap. you. I <laughs> thought you were, I mean, if I said yes or no, there was going to be a response to either one of those. So I thought you were going to have some kind of story of. You think I've seen aliens? Yeah. What? Because they are real. There's no way they're not. See, this are you sure? needs mm-hmm. to not be cut out. Have you been watching <laughs> some of that declassified video? I can't say yes or no to that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just as long as it's not during work hours, that's fine. <laughs> I can say no to that. You can say no to that. That's good. That's good. So are, are we going to keep that? I probably yeah, I'm not. so going to keep that. <laughs> so going to keep that? The alien thing? Yeah. So, Chris, what do you think? Are aliens real? What do I real? think? Well, actually, there's places throughout Scripture that talk about that we're all aliens, so, and we're just lo- looking for a way home. So, yeah, I okay. think aliens right. exist because we're aliens. Good answer. But are there <laughs> aliens from outer space? I believe the answer to that is yes. I think so, too. Honest, honestly, like, I'm not joking. I really do. I, I didn't used to as a kid. I thought it was all, like, made up and, you know, but... You sit out and look at the stars and think about the galaxy and think about how many like planets and stars there are out there and other solar systems. It's like, how on earth are we the only planet that has life? There's, there's no way it's possible to me, but I'm no astronaut, so I guess I'll never know for sure. But 
That's what you I never, think. You never know. We can hitch a ride on one of Richard, Richard Branson's rockets or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Bezos has got the one that's out in West Texas, and now Elon Musk has the one in South Texas. All going to be tourists traveling to outer space. I mean, I'd go. I'm going to hang here. You guys have fun. All right. Hold we'll bring you floor. pictures. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, with that, uh, random, not so great question of the day. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> we'll, we'll get I'm it. Just I thought it was going to have on, a better effect. I just wondered, why was that on your mind? I don't know. I just Aliens have been on my mind a lot lately for some reason. Okay. As weird as that sounds. Maybe they're on their way. Maybe. Because remember that in Independence Day, didn't that one guy have like reoccurring dreams or something was going on that he thought aliens were coming? and. Oh yeah. Well, he's, he was he was abducted by aliens. He was experienced on, or experimented oh, that on. That was it. That oh, that, oh you, you're talking that. about Randy Quaid's character. Okay. Yeah, he the was sure the in that movie. movie. <laughs> best character in that movie. Yeah. But uh, but no. Back to uh, in all seriousness, you know, we really wanted to continue the conversation on skills today and technology. Uh, so to get us started, Chris, I'm going to kind of pose the question to you. What what does the learning technology environment look like to support skills right now? Yeah, it's a it's absolutely evolving, um, and we've heard a lot for the past year to eighteen months about this skills based economy and what's going to happen. And we see a lot of startups that are beginning to try to work independently on different areas of skill and skill measurement and even skill development. And we've seen a transition probably over the last five years to get to more granular types of learning content, uh, either through object-oriented development or different ways that people are beginning to look at content and then how content works across uh, organizations. And, And we see that in the way that the granularity is getting down to very specific items, which are really skill-related. So if content's beginning to move that way, then learning technology has to find a way to adapt as well. And I know y'all have heard me say for years, whether you want a learning and talent system, what's the real value of that system? It's not all the processes and things that it automates. It's the information that we get out of that system that's critical because information accurate information leads to accurate decision making so that's critical so we've seen some of those startups and then we've seen some of the bigger players like cornerstone and workday and a few others that have actually gone out and acquired some of these startups are now beginning to integrate their products into their technology. So we know that Cornerstone um, has an AI engine around skills. Uh, That AI engine around skills is going to be very adaptive and help in modeling uh, to simplify what I know that we're going to get in and talk about a little bit today is what's everything that I have to do in order to be able to drive those skills forward. Uh, It's very, very learning-centric. On another end, we see Workday, and Workday has focused its initial AI skills engine really around talent acquisition. And how do we use that for assessment and understanding skills and beginning to position people to understand where they might fit into the organization? So my 
my assumption is is that Workday is going to begin moving that through their talent suite and into the learning suite and really into some of the other elements of how they're doing uh, core human capital management. Uh, and in Cornerstone, I would imagine that we will see very quickly it move from a learning capacity into some of the performance succession tools mm-hmm. and other areas. I think one of the great pieces that already provides some crossover there from Cornerstone's perspective is, is that skills and career pathing really are two active things that are beginning to come together. So skills, career pathing, that begins to fit together. We know that organizations like Docebo, Jochebo is adding skills section to its environment and the ability to go do more learning in the flow of work, which is really skills-based education, uh, as well as integrating that into Salesforce. So there's a lot of different places where we're beginning to see organizations really begin to take on this idea of skill-based knowledge and assessment and understanding in order to be able to run talent gap assessments, skill gap assessments, really understand their people uh, in a much deeper and more meaningful way. Uh, we're seeing that happen in terms of the technology, which is which is good because honestly, this is such a complicated problem. You're going to need some technology to be able to help you automate that process as well. Now, there's other big players in the learning and talent technology market that are not moving towards skills. They're still focused on competencies. They're not progressing and they're not investing in that way. And I think that we look five years down the road in 2026 um, and begin to look at that. I think that if those organizations that don't have the capability to do some type of automated or, or managed or artificial intelligence-based skill tracking, development, assessment, you know, gap analysis, that's going to be a huge miss for them in the future. We talked on the last podcast about how important it is uh, to begin looking at those skills to be able to adapt to a very rapidly changing future. And I think anybody that's listening to this podcast, it's uh, very important for them to begin to investigate and understand their technology in a way to see what is that going to look like in the future. So the moves afoot, there's tens of millions of dollars being spent by individual vendors to begin to go build this up. Um, And I think we see some of the projections for spending in this particular area crossing into the billions range uh, just in North America alone in order to be able to adapt to this new skills-based economy. That's a significant investment. And I think anytime you begin to see a number like a billion thrown around, there's a lot of people that are going to go out there and develop some really really cool tools, how you make those tools as a part of your ecosystem, I think becomes really, really important. But let's start with asking the question of, does my technology support it? And then what do I do with it? Um, That's just, to me, that's the most critical element. Don't avoid it. Go ahead and begin asking the question so you can understand it, because it may take you six to nine months to figure it out. And then it's going to take you another six to nine months to go make a transition or to be additive to your learning ecosystem. It's not a short-term problem to solve. It's really a long-term problem that you need to go look at. And and I think there's some technologies out there that are doing some amazing things that I know, Tiffany, you and I've seen together yeah. uh, that provide an opportunity for people in the future uh, to make it much easier to be able to go manage uh, all this skills and skills environment as well. 
So as we look at all those technologies, I think one of the important things that we want to drive into on this podcast is what are the real things that you can do with some of these new technologies? So maybe Tiffany, share some of what we've seen uh, around specific vendors and what the capabilities are and, and where are they going with this AI technology around skills? Sure. So we've talked a, a little, I want to set the stage a little bit. We've talked a little bit about how um, the workforce and the way we work is changing rapidly. Therefore, we've got to be in front of what are the skills that people have and what do we need for the business. I, I want to point out that the, our, the technology vendors recognize that as well. So they're evolving rapidly to help begin to bridge that gap. So I, I think what you have today and what we're what you're going to have at your fingertips in six months or a year is going to continuously improve and make this conversation easier to solve uh, or this problem easier to solve. So what, what we're seeing with some of the vendors that we're familiar with is they recognize that, and just like we talked about, skills are changing rapidly. So if I go through the exercise to identify what skills are needed for each of the positions that I have, the likelihood before I finish that exercise, it's going to adjust, it's going to change. And so they're bringing and they're incorporating AI into their in, their skills engines to help drive and kind of take some of that heavy lifting, also kind of gives you that big data answer to what are the skills. I don't know. I'm not a salesperson. I've never had to sell on Zoom before or virtually. So how do I know how to identify the skills my business needs so that we can enable people to do that? However, there's things where when you type in, they're building engines so that when you type in a, a job title or a role name, that it returns the most used skills weighted. So at the top of your list is, this is what I see most often. You can scroll down. Now, the thing about this is, it gives you information. It gives you a view, a, a suggestion or a recommendation, but some things are specific to your organization as well. So you don't have to only take that, but it takes that heavy lifting to fill the gap for you. So you can kind of come up with this comprehensive list of, okay, this is these are the skills. The thing is, since it's AI driven, we're going to see that evolve. It's not it's not static, it's gonna to continue to be dynamic. So as things keep shifting, the skills that you get back in that engine are gonna shift with things too. It helps take that heavy lifting off. The other thing that you're gonna be able to do is be able to assess people on their individual skills, not just their performance on their role, not just give them development activities, but what, on that skill I wanna assess them and then you'll be able to compare them or do a 360 assessment on it, or a manager assesses them and the person ass assesses themselves and we can see the gap between that. Kind of gives you a bigger picture of where do we need to start in development, right? And that, I think that's the key is, if you don't have the skills, it doesn't mean, oh great, we're in trouble now, we don't have all the skills, let's go recruit. It means, okay, where do we begin to solve that problem? Where do we begin to bridge that gap. And I think that's the key here is the purpose of knowing where your people's skill set is and where what you need is so that you can begin understanding where you can develop them, how you can quickly bring them up to speed so that the business is getting the outcome it needs, also so that you're supporting your employee in doing their job. I love the multiple points of information, right? Because mm -hmm. in, in the older world, hey, we're going to do a competency assessment. Oh, you have a gap. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, 
That's one point of view or one piece of information. But now if we can begin to do this and we've got an assessment against a, a particular skill, we can go do a manager review of a skill, a 360 review of a skill. We can go do some other assessments of a skill. Now we've got multiple points of data to be able to give us a more accurate picture of what the gap is in that skill because we can even make it more granular to say, well, the gap in the skill is not just that they don't have the skill, but maybe there's some refinement around the skill, which gets, again, more focused learning. And then the AI engine can come in and help learn from that and begin to give more information to other people in the future. So I love what you're saying there. Perfect. Um, the other thing I want to add to this, though, is now that we know the skills, we know where people set, what do we do about it? How do we make it easy? You know, one of the things that we've talked about, um, you know, in preparing for this that I pointed out is people are not just developing skills because you gave them training. And so understanding or being able to assess them quickly and reassess them is important. People are adapting on their own. They're learning from the people they sit next to. They're learning from from the good old internet, right? They're, they're going to Professor Google and getting information on their own time. We need to recognize that, that development that's happening with, happening with individuals as well. But what we see organizations doing too is putting stuff out there so it's available to them. It's not an ILT class. It's not a huge online training that was custom developed for this job that covers each of the skills needed for this job, but it's small bits of pieces. We even see vendors that are coming out with really robust um, off-the-shelf content packages. So what, what some of the vendors are preparing to do and what we see them doing is mapping these skills that come back in, the, in their engine to their off-the-shelf off the content. That means that the organizations are not going to have to go through that exercise to match their content to their skills. A lot of the heavy lifting will mm -hmm. be done. They will then <clears throat> need to do that piece that's specific or unique to their personal organization. By doing that, that means you know, readily with low effort, low, low investment to set it up that you can get content, you can get training, you can get development materials to individuals who, who do their self-assessment and say, wow, I really, I really need to step up my customer service game, right? They can easily go out and find materials that can help them in that development because we are in this, in this world of this self-learning, right? If I don't, I realized this week how often I do it. If I hear something and I don't know about it, I immediately go to my phone and go to Google, like, well, tell me more. Like, I saw a movie, a true story movie. I was like, I hadn't heard about that. Went to Google, started reading about it, right? That's what people are doing. So the more you put those materials out and available for them, the more you're going to see their skills evolve because they want to stay up to date. They want to be able to do their jobs to impact the organization. You know, that's interesting just thinking about how individuals, in, given a skill, will go fill in the gaps themselves. Mm -hmm. So we either have to help them identify and understand and fill the gaps in their knowledge, or they might assume gaps and go to Professor Google mm -hmm. or YouTube or, or a ask, TED Talk. Ask Jeeves. That's what I use. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I haven't heard about Ask Jeeves Are in years. Are you for real right now? <laughs> yeah. Google's, Google's not as good as Ask Jeeves. Yeah. I like DuckDuckGo. Oh uh, but that's another one. Focus. Anyway, any of those. But, but you look at that and you, and you think about it and you're like, okay, well, an individual is going to go fill in the gap for themselves. 
are they filling in the gap with what you actually want them to learn and do? Or are they just filling in a gap? And sometimes it's a dictionary, it's information. Yeah, I know now what this concept is, but how you apply that becomes really important. And, and I think that's what I'm hearing you say yeah. is these AI engines and content libraries are, are going to be something that's, that's pretty important for organizations to be able to take advantage of. But, but even with all that, I mean, this isn't an easy process, no. right? Mm-mm. Because we still have to go back and we have to, inside our technology, go set things up in order to be able to understand, hey, what role is this person in? And what skills are against a role? I mean, there's things like that that AI engines can give a little bit of help, but organizations need to be very specific. And the more unique your organization, the more you're going to have to work on. I just want everybody to know that doesn't mean, hey, AI is here, it's going to solve all problems. Because mm-hmm. all three of us have been with people who bought technology and are like, I thought it was just going to turn on and it was going to work and solve all my problems for me and I didn't have to work that hard. It's it's a different kind of work hard in order to be able to do that, but it's going to take effort to be able to make this thing work. So so in working with clients, I usually our our discovery conversations usually almost always start with the client telling me, "Well, now we're unique." And they are they are absolutely unique. And I think that that's the key is if you know that you're unique, then no solution is ever going to be turn it on and it's everything you want it to be. You're always going to have to work to to bring that whatever that unique thing is about your business to continue to solve that in any of the software you bring. What, what the vendors are doing is taking the heavy lifting off and making some of the things repetitive that are not unique to your business. You know, sales. There are certain skills that every salesperson needs to, to possess. Then there's the skills that the salesperson within your organization needs to possess or the knowledge that they need to have about your product. So there's, there's a difference there. What I'm, in, what I'm indicating are that the vendors recognize, okay, there's some of this that we can take care of. Because when you, when you start from scratch and you look at this, and, and the key thing we've talked about is things are rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. You cannot rapidly implement this, which means things will change before you're done. And so what the vendors are trying to do is help fill that gap so that you can focus on the things that have the highest impact for your business because it's specific to you and the things that are beneficial for your employees that isn't necessarily about your organization, but it is about what you're asking them to do on a day-to-day basis, you can get that out there moving for them. It's an interesting trend, I think, in, in a good direction for learning and talent technology because for the last 20, 20 plus years of, of really truly having LMS systems and learning systems and then migrating to, to cloud-based systems, those systems are only as smart as the admins and, and people inside the system, right? Yeah, it's all based on absolutely. straight configuration, loading content, assigning content, setting all the metadata and tags to content, and the system only can I digest and push out what you tell it to. Now, you know, we're moving into a, a world of the system is starting to get a little bit smarter. There's AI and and, and um, automation getting built in, so it'll. It'll, you know, from a consumer perspective, you know, Amazon, Netflix, they're great at AI automation. 
um, those types of things. We're recommending what you should buy because you're buying this or recommending what you should watch because you've watched this. It, they capture all that data. So in my mind, as these learning companies, uh, as the, the vendors that you mentioned and, and other vendors that come into the place or the marketplace eventually, as they grow, I really see a, a great, hopefully a great um, spot for them to be able to say on that same tune, okay, you're taking this skills training. I have identified what you're what you're kind of focused on. Here's what other people in your organization are yep. taking. Here's what other people above you are, are taking, you know, if you're tr- looking on that promotion or career path. Uh, so I think it's really exciting to kind of hear what direction learning te- technology is going and talent technology too, because yep. it's all really a mixture of, 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 of the, the full talent technology suite to, to make all of that happen. Yeah, but one of the things that you were making me think about that, that we should focus on, especially for our audience, is as this AI technology comes out, as skill-based learning uh, begins to grow and evolve, th- those people that are running learning and talent systems, that are, that are actually doing instructional design and development, they're going to need a different set of skills, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the rest of the organization. It's about the organization that's actually helping manage this because those different set of skills will be very critical to the long-term success. And it may even be more important for those people to get those skills now. Hmm. So go out and find somebody to be able to help you achieve the skills to be able to understand what's going on in the future so you can put together your plan in order to be successful. Because if you go give the skills to everybody else but you don't take care of yourself, you're then gonna you, you're going to struggle in that process. So I think it's, it's really important. The other thing that, Tiffany, when you were talking, it made me think about is, is this AI and the automation is going to take care of 80% of our problem. But there's still 20% that's left. Which you always spend 80% of your time on. Which you'll always spend 80% of your time on. But the ability not to have 50% of the problem, but only have 20% of the problem, says that now we're able to go really hyper-focus and begin to solve problems and help to to work through specific situations that require uh, expert attention. And and I want to add is that that portion that's specific to that business, typically the people that are collecting the information in the business are already going to be the subject matter experts on those pieces, Mm -hmm. right? This is the stuff that they're going to know really well because they're, they're close to their organization. It's the, the bigger, the broader, the more standard, well, I don't really know what's, what are the skills that are needed for that stuff? It's being answered and, and, and information is being fed in and collected from all different avenues, right? Because big data, and, and so it's filling in your knowledge or the, those um, administrators and those learning talent leaders gaps so they can then continue to focus their time on being the subject matter expert mm-hmm. in the areas that are most impactful for their business. Yeah, you don't have to go spend the time figuring this out for yourself. And, and the other part that I like is is that it provides an opportunity to go do some benchmarking if you so choose yeah. to help other people are doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a... That's a great area for every business that's going through this transition into this skills-based economy is you need to collaborate with people, um, whether it's us or whether it's you know others of our clients or other people that are going through this. The more conversation and communications going on there, uh, the more that, that we're going to go create a real network around how this stuff works. 
Um, and I think that the value will be infinite for businesses and organizations. But but you got to go focus on that technology because that's the enabler. Don't do it manually. Go find the right technology to be able to make sure that it's going to work for you and your organization. You'll be successful. I, I want to add one key thing. Um, and, and that is as you're as you're doing this and you're focusing on that technology, look at the roadmap. Don't worry about what it can do right now. I mean, mm-hmm. it is important what it can do right now, but also make yourself familiar with their roadmap and follow it. Because if you only design your plan around what's there today, in six months or a year, you're going to be behind and, and you're going to be working harder than the technology is forcing you to. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, it's just all about, as we've talked about before, how quickly technology has evolved and, and has been accelerated because of the last um, the last year or so, and, and, and so many things have changed, that technology, we were so used to technology changing at a rapid pace, now everything is kind of changing at a rapid pace, where it's like, oh, we can kind of handle this technology thing now, mm-hmm. but you're <laughs> yeah. so right, It's you got to get ahead of Head of it, understand what's coming, not be a laggard, but be you know an early adopter and and get on that, um, or at least understand from your vendor, um, or if you're looking for a new vendor, you know make that a priority as far as not what they have today, but what are they really planning to have in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you you know go with a vendor that is the best in solution today, but their roadmap is just not what others may be, then you're going to love it, and then you're going to. F- then fix it, and then probably ditch it, as we talked about a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I think the other side of that, the other piece to add on to that, Bennett, is um, this is not a place to go save a couple of pennies uh, and to skimp on price. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you do, then you're more than likely going to get left behind in this big transition. And I really do think from a learning technology space, this is a big transition. Because sure. I saw my first learning management system in 1997. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll tell you what I was doing. Yeah, I kind of know what you two were doing. But <laughs> that, um, but in 97, and it was client-server based. Uh, it was amazing, and it was ugly as all get out. But it worked, and it was effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we see where that's evolved to. To me, this is a transition moment uh, in 2021, 2022, to where those organizations that are really hitting this next level around skills, skills assessment, the right reporting and information, it's going to be a dramatic difference versus the people that actually went out and said, hey, I'm going to save 50 cents yep. or a dollar per year on a user license. Um, that there's those organizations have an opportunity to get left behind. So agree to 100%, Bennett. Go look at your technology. Understand what the roadmap is. If there's no roadmap, be, be cautious. Ask some pretty serious ask, questions. Ask some pretty serious questions. Go find some experts that have experience with that technology. Get that information. Now's the time to prep because mm-hmm. over the next couple of years, we're going to see a lot of transition, a lot of shift, a lot of migration uh, around technologies in order to be able to support what we can see is coming. And, and the great part of this is, for me, having been around this learning and talent thing for a long period of time, this is like the first moment where we're seeing CEOs and business leaders that are absolutely engaged in saying, this is critical. What information do you have for me in order to make a decision about the business? Um, 
That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. May terrify some people, may excite other people, but it's fantastic because it's going to create the change that I think that we've all wanted in learning uh, in talent business for a long period of time because it's really focused down around the people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think we've covered a lot around skills. Um, to kind of sum, sum most of it up, we really focused on getting granular first, understanding your people, defining those skills, um, and, and, and understanding how those skills are, are either identified or there within your people or where the gaps may be, how fast things are changing, roles, organizations, processes, technology, mm-hmm. everything's changing at a, at a rapid rate. Um, so how do you keep up? Um, and, and I think that's where the vendor, as well as a, a firm like Blue Water, um, you know, we are, that's what we are there for is helping companies, you know, get through that, that sludge of what do I do? How do I do it? And when, when and how do, is it done? Um, so the grain, also the granularity of development, um, how business leaders are focusing on those gaps and got to fill those gaps quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or they're just kind of stuck where they are right now, the cost of doing nothing. Um, and then kind of get started now before you get behind, as Tiffany, you were just mentioned. There's, there's, there's so many things happening. There's a lot of forward thinking uh, and technology advancement going on right now. Understanding where that is and how that's go- going is going to impact kind of what you start doing today. Correct. Um, so yeah. any other thoughts on skills? Anything, any closing thoughts? Anything that we didn't cover? I think there's one key thing. Mm-hmm. The most important part of this is identifying where those mad skills are in the business. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's all about mad skills. <laughs> mad skills are where it's at. That is that If is you don't correct. have mad skills, then get some skills development going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would say the, the last thing that I have to add on that is that um, you need to get started now right-size the problem so you can actually go execute and show some success. Do not make the problem too big, sure. but you got to go get the information in order to make a decision, and and that's critical. And there's internal and external information that you've got to be able to get. But get started now. Do not wait, because otherwise the skills economy is going to pass you by, and you're going to be playing catch-up. That's when it's going to get really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're at the beginning of it, so go get it. Go do it now. Great. Well, thank you both. It's been another great conversation. I'm to the point now where I don't even feel like we're recording a podcast anymore or, or on camera anymore. It's just fun to talk about these things. So Absolutely. It's been great. Thank you both. Thank you, Kyle, our producer. Appreciate the, uh, the help in everything that you do. So uh, we'll be back next week talking about more learning and talent technologies and people and data and and everything in between so we hope you join us hope you have a great rest of your day onward and upward thank you